It's the 6th annual Pass It Back Day. We all love being Aggies and Aggie fans who have this amazing university. It's a great opportunity to give back to the school we love so much. 24 hours of giving. Um, You can get involved right now. Their goal is 5,000 donors. But I was told they did 6,000 last year. So now that I'm in this seat, we've got to beat that, guys. We're not allowed to stay under the the number. So to get involved, uh, you can help out and and give TexAgs a little love as well. TX.ag slash Nuno21. No tilde in the Nuno. TX.ag slash Nuno21. We're going to continue to give you updates throughout the show. Um, And it's been a great couple of days, by the way. Uh, And our show topic today is kind of in relation to... What's going on there with Passive Back Day? What does the Aggie ring mean to you? If you're an Aggie, what does it mean to you? If you're not an Aggie, you have Aggie family, or you're just a fan of this university, when you see it, what does it signify? What does it symbolize to you? Love to hear your takes on that. But uh, it's been a great few days here, great really few months or weeks, I should say. Uh, we shift to yesterday's Aggie football press conference, and the strength of this team is wearing their opponents down. That's what they've done this year, especially in those games that uh, – this last month that we have seen be the better team in the fourth quarter. Now, they didn't have to do that, obviously, in the South Carolina game or, or really the Missouri game, so I, sh- I guess I should reset. Uh, but that all being said, in the uh, fourth quarter and towards the end of the season, this Aggie football team wears you down, and we're seeing in real time what Jimbo's offense and his whole team can do. Obviously, a huge effort is going to be needed this weekend against Ole Miss, definitely their hardest road test of the year. You know, Obviously, Dallas... Obviously, I use the same word several times, but Dallas was neutral. Uh, Colorado was you know, early in the season, not the same Aggie team we're seeing now. And it was, you know, a lot of Aggie fans were at, at that game. Missouri, what, to me, was a small high school environment. And now on to Oxford. And with that, we begin the go hour here on Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Good morning to you, OB. Uh, it is a good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing very well. Good night's sleep. You know, got up early, feeling good. Weather's great. What is considered a good night's sleep to you? Is it seven plus hours? Uh, means I only woke up like once during the night. Okay. Yeah. If I can get by just once, then I'm doing all right. So you know, you shouldn't drink water right before you go to bed. That's that's the you're supposed to like stop like two hours before. That's that's the rumor. Hmm. I keep a bottle of water on the nightstand. Well, that'll make you go to the bathroom. Yeah. Just saying. Well. At my age, you're going to go no matter what. Whoa. So just, just uh, deal with it. Yeah, you just acknowledge that. You just acknowledge it. Uh, it's coming for you. You just don't know it yet. Well, sometimes I think I have it. Yeah. And then sometimes I don't. And I realize, well, I just had a, a glass and a half of water right before I go to bed. Of course I'm going to wake up at some point. So now I've, yeah. I've scaled years, it back. Yeah, 10 years, it's not going to matter. You know, it happens. It does happen. <laughs> um, hey, so let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about what I, I set up the show with. Yesterday we had Jimbo... And obviously this team is in a very good spot. What I love about this team, the stuff that I saw last year from far away, the stuff we talked about this summer when everybody was talking about these high-octane offenses and how they beat teams now in today's college football, we are watching in real time again why Jimbo's offense works in any era of football. Uh, yeah, I think football always starts at the line of scrimmage, you know, obviously. And if you can if you can win at the line of scrimmage, then you're going to have a chance to be very successful. Your defense right now uh, is keeping teams 
from scoring a lot of points. So you you don't have to score a lot to win. But you know if you can control the football and run it, uh, you're going to move the ball. And uh, they won that game against Auburn the same way you know a lot of Alabama championship teams used to win. You know I would play uh, good defense, uh, get a non-offensive touchdown, and uh, you know run the ball well and kick field goals. Right. Um, so so that works, and it's you know quite frankly it's working for Georgia. It is working for Georgia. Now the question I ask about Georgia, and really you could ask about the A and M offense as well, is do they have enough firepower to win? Does Georgia have enough firepower when it comes to, with that defense? You you may win a game even against those high octane offenses. You saw what they did to Ole Miss a couple weeks back, but can A and M and Georgia continue to win at the highest level? If your offense is sometimes pedestrian, and uh, I don't think the A and M offense is, by the way. Uh, yes, the answer is yes because again, you don't have to score a lot to win. Um, we're conditioned to think that uh, you know scoring forty points a game is means you're a good football team. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, was uh, held held A and M back last year was that those people in the media and in the, the, the committee thinks scoring a lot of points equates winning. And and sometimes it does, but th- th- there's the old cliche that defense wins championships. And I think that cliche is being proved right again. Uh, and I haven't seen yet the team that, that, that wins a championship just because they score a lot of points. Uh, that LSU team had a sound defense. Right. It wasn't great. It wasn't suffocating, but it was it was sound. Uh the Alabama last year had a sound defense. It wasn't great. It got better as the season went on. But but it was sound. But if you you've got you've got to play good defense. Maybe not great defense, but you, not not suffocating defense. Stellar, but you've got to play good defense to win. You definitely. Otherwise Texas Tech would have already had about 10 championships. That's right. And Mike Leach, wherever he's gone, would have had about yeah, 10 championships. Right. So the, hey, so a tweet came in to me for us on the show that I think um, that I think we are going to discuss here for a moment. I just think it's very interesting. Let me get to it uh, as I waste time here on the show. It looks like I don't have the app open. But about what is happening right now at Texas, okay? So here is the, uh, the question that came in. Word is that uh, Texas's Moore kid, the, the wide receiver, mm-hmm. yeah, had words with Sark before he left the portal and after, but played in between, wondering if the portal gives elite kids the confidence to talk back because they have the portal as an out. This is coming in from MB, or Texas Bets 21, on Twitter. And he, he, he went on to tweet again and say, this, this is not a shot at Texas, just in general. The transfer portal, what does it do to the mindset of young kids? And, and I do think social media... The portal, there's a lot of, you can leave a program now like you've never been able to do before and start all over. Regardless if you're a a junior, a freshman, you have that one time you can leave. And I I do wonder if it gives kids a little bit more confidence to be like, whatever, I'm out. Well, it definitely gives them more freedom and more options. And um, if you feel like um, something's not right, or if you don't, it used to be that if you didn't like your situation, yeah, you could always transfer, but you're gonna have to sit out of here. Right. Um, I don't know what happened in that regard. Like you said, I heard you were arguing words, on the sidelines. But what yeah. was it about? 
You know, I think uh, he had a drop in that game, if I remember correctly. I might, I might be wrong. Maybe, you know, again, but uh, I can't imagine one drop sparking an argument that leads to a guy just leaving an entire program. Right. So, um, yeah, there's probably something to that. Uh, but I still think that goes back to the whole thing where you talk about, you know, athletes that get in trouble with the law, and you're probably talking about a really small percentage, but they're the ones that get the attention because sure. it's a sensational story. Because there's a lot of guys uh, that aren't get, going into the portal for any other reason, but they just want playing time somewhere else. But guys that are playing uh, typically aren't jumping into the portal. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Let's uh, let's go to the news and social center. Tori Espargo <laughs> was with us this morning. Good morning, Tori. Good morning, you guys. How are y'all doing today? We're good. You got any headlines for us? I do. Uh, um, as Zach Taylor also repeated on the zone, I'm just going to kind of hit, hit off of it again. Uh, number 23 Texas A&M women's basketball team tips off their season tonight uh, in the season opener against Texas A&M Corpus Christi at 7 p.m. in Reed Arena. Um, and also Texas A&M Tyree Johnson and Seth Small earned the Southeastern Conference weekly honors after leading the Aggies to a 20 to 3 win over Auburn. Yeah, I uh I don't think we're surprised by Tyree Johnson at all. I mean, he has just been dynamic. He is he just makes plays. I mean, sacks are what he just like sacks, interceptions, touchdowns. That's what people remember, but he's making those memorable memorable plays. He is, you know, um and I don't want to take anything away from him cuz he's playing outstanding. I will say his first sack, you could almost give credit to DeMarvin Leal yeah, for yeah, it yeah. because he's creating pressure and Bo Nix tries to get away from it and he runs right into Tyree John. But Tyree was there. Uh, and I think that just goes to show that uh, you have a great pass rusher on both sides of the, on both ends and even guys coming inside. And that's why, <clears throat> you know, A&M's, uh, Defense is playing really well. It starts right there at the line of scrimmage. I can remember when it was Miles, and he was so dominant. But with the exception of one game, there really wasn't anybody else that was providing that pass rush. Right. This year, you've got Tyree Johnson, who's, I think, third in the SEC in sacks. And then you got Michael Clemens, and you've got uh, uh, DeMarvin. And sometimes you get that inside push from McKinley Jackson had one uh, – uh, two weeks ago, and uh, Jaden Peavy. So, and then you can blitz when, with a with a uh, Tamani Richardson and get a 15 yard loss at a big time. Man, it's a heck of a pass rush they've got. But Tyree right now is leading the charge and deserves to be the uh, SEC defensive lineman of the week. As I mentioned, it is passive back day, and uh, we do have a topic <laughs> that I I brought up when we started the show. What does the Aggie ring mean to you? If you want to call in the BCSI hotline, you can, 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. You can text the AMB text line, AMB, a college station branch of the Amarillo National Bank, Good Texas Banking. Their website is amb.com, 979-693-1150. OB and I will kind of go back and forth on that uh, topic a little bit later in the show, but just uh, we know what it means. It means boss. Baby, that's, you know, Aggie Ring, that's just you're a boss in many ways, not only probably at your profession, but also in life, your your wedding, that's for sure. Uh, and a lot of that is uh, made possible because of the Association of Former Students. Passive Back Day is their, their big day, 24-hour um, day of donating. And uh, we're so excited to be a part of it. We'll be getting reports throughout the day. 5,000 donors is their goal, but we're going to surpass that. I know we are. Fun-filled day with lots of challenges for Aggies. Class Challenge, Young Alumni Challenge. you got the Aggie Ring Challenge, the Geographic Challenge. 
So it's just different ways to be involved. And I want TechSax to be a part of it um, and, and really dominate the effort today. By the end of the day, making sure that everybody knows that TechSax Radio, the power that we have, that we've seen in many different ways, uh, shows up today. So just uh, do me a favor. Go to tx.ag slash Nuno21 to be a part of it. We're going to get a report here. Back day. We're excited to do that. Uh, before we go to the BCSI hotline, let's go to Tori Esprevoa at the News and Social Center. She's got a uh, text message to kind of set the tone for today. Yes, I do. I have a Sutton College station saying, The Aggie ring in our family means pass it back and pass it down. On Friday, I will get the honor to pass on the Aggie ring to my daughter, who is a fourth generation Aggie, 1928, 1969, 1993, and 2022. Many things have changed over almost a century since my grandfather fit on his Aggie ring, but the core values of respect, excellence, leadership, loyalty, integrity, and selfless service have not changed, and wearing the Aggie ring means you are passing down the tradition of the ne- to the next generation of Aggies. All right, good stuff there. Uh, we appreciate that, Sutton. Very uh, good words there. Let's now go to the BCSI hotline. We are joined by Association of Former Students Rep Allison Siebert, Class of 2011, the Director of Annual Giving. She's there at the Clayton J. Williams uh, Alumni Center. Good morning to you, Allison. Hey, good morning, David. How are you guys doing over there? Tell me uh, how the campaign has started, how it's felt since uh, midnight of last night. Oh, we couldn't sleep. It's a beautiful day in Aggie Land, and we're really excited for this annual day of giving, Pass It Back Day, and support Uniting the Aggie Network uh, in support of Texas A&M and Texas Aggies. And it's going great so far. We had a lot of donors so far. Had some representatives in Illinois given, so seeing some of the lights uh, on our map, so great to be able to be here with the Aggie Network uh, in support of Texas Aggies. And appreciate you having me here, David. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at the map right now. Mm-hmm. I can see it. There's dots all over the place. I know we got people listening in, well, what we got? Venezuela, OB. We've got El Miami, Salvador. El Salvador. Uh, Cutter. We, there you go. We need that. I know we got a Canadian listening. Oh, a lot of Canadians. Yeah, we're huge in Canada. So, uh, Allison, just... Talk to me about the mission and where this all started, how, how we got here six years later. Yes. Well, we started out on Giving Tuesday, our first Pass It Back Day uh, six years ago. Uh, a lot of organizations around the country, around the world, have a Giving Tuesday. Um, and it's really meant to challenge individuals who are in support of an organization's mission uh, and seeing how much we can do. Um, as Aggies, we want to be the best, right? Uh, football, great season. Um, we want to do the best. And that is uh, uniting together in this one day, seeing how much we can do in 24 hours. Uh, so we set an ambitious goal to raise gifts from 5,000 donors. Uh, that's up from last year's goal of 1876. But, you know, with the power of the Aggie Network, we know we can meet it. Uh, we've got a bunch of different uh, challenges out there to help unite the whole Aggie Network. Uh, so if you are in Venezuela or you're in Tokyo, anywhere, you can join us. This is about, again, every Aggie uh, helping or even, you know, anyone and wherever you are joining together in this one day. So uh, can a guy like, uh, you know, me that uh, did not go to Texas A&M, uh, obviously can't be a former student, all that, can, can uh, get, but just like A&M, can they contribute? Hey, you're an Aggie. Gifts of any amount today, make it count. It's all about donors. So I have a donor goal. Um, so, yes, uh, any gift. Uh, you can make a gift for someone else. We have an opportunity to sponsor a current student century club membership to help start and cultivate the tradition of giving. Um, so we know as Aggies, we like to give back and help one another. And that's a great opportunity for just $25. You can start a student in the century club membership. They get their plaque and year bars. 
uh, so I can start growing that list of your bars. Um, or you can gift it for someone else. I just made a gift actually for my dad. My parents live in Boston. They're not Aggies. I'm the only Aggie in my family. Um, but I made a gift for them and they got their Century Club plaque and they're going to get their Texas Aggie magazine um, so they can represent and put their decal on their car, Century Club decal, when they're up in Boston driving around. Uh, so, yes, anyone, uh, gifts of any size are welcome on this day. Hey, Allison, let's talk about the impact of the association. If people want to see what you guys do and why this goes such a long way, what, what do they need to do? Yes, yeah, so you can go on our website, tx.ag slash pass it back day. Um, but in general, the association touches every aspect of campus. If you've gone to Midnight Yell, if you've gone to the MSC, if you've participated in Muster, uh, our gifts to the association touch all aspects of campus. They touch all Aggies. Uh, we support current students. We support former students. We have our class reunions, A&M clubs that help unite the Aggie network and help keep those connections together and help that bond stay strong between our former students in Texas A&M. Uh, we give out scholarships. Uh, we have student assistance funds. Um, there's a variety of ways that our money touches, again, campus, whether it's current students or former students. Uh, we've had a great relationship with Texas A&M over the years, uh, and it continues to grow thanks to the support and generosity of the Aggie Network. So also, if you've missed a couple of years of being involved with the Association of Former Students today, you can get really back in the mix, correct? Correct. And we have a great deal. You get 50% off missing year bars. Uh, so if you're like me, I make up a couple of year bars. Uh, having kids and going to graduate school, you know, there's some gaps in giving. And during this day, you can buy back year bars for 50% off. So you can get a bronze year bar for $50. We actually had someone buy 31 years actually on Friday. So he's going to get a, a piece of mail with a lot of year bars in there to help uh, add those to his plaque. You want 5,000 donors. Do y'all have a... Uh... Uh, an actual uh, number that you're hoping to reach as far as uh, donations? Great question. So last year we raised 484000 We hope to beat that. Uh, so if we can beat that number, uh, raise close to half a million dollars, uh, again, gifts of any amount. Uh, we've raised uh, that gift last year from a little bit over 6,000 donors. Uh, so, again, it's, it's truly about the donors coming together and um, anything that you can give. Allison, I want to remind our, our listeners out there and our viewers to uh, go to tx.ag slash Nuno21. Yeah, it's, Nuno is the way you pronounce it, but it's spelled Nuno21 there on the, uh, on the URL to be a part of it. Uh, we appreciate you. We're going to be getting updates throughout the show. And uh, thank you so much for uh, partnering up with TechSax for today. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much and appreciate you coming and letting us be on the show. And looking forward to seeing the results with uh, everyone later today. Thank you so much, Allison. We appreciate that. All right. And, and Gigum. All right. Great day to Gig be em. a part of. Thank you. And uh, happy to be a part of it, OB. And, you know, the uh, we saw it with the Kids First Fund. Aggies, we just we just know how to bring it. They do. Uh, they, they do uh, uh, step up. Uh, I think as a group, Aggies are very giving, very mm -hmm. charitable. Um, they they uh, are active. You know, there's the there's the old saying that. When all is said and done, usually more is said than done, but that's not the case with Aggies. They, get, is, they get things done. That is right. Hey, uh, before we hit a break, I do want to talk some Aggie football for a moment. And this Ole Miss team, I I do this every week, OB. I think you. We're starting to stress, aren't you? I, I start to stress, yeah. And I and I look, I see where they're vulnerable. I see where we're a little vulnerable as well. The way we're playing, I don't think. There's a reason I think we're, we're going to be favored throughout. Well, we are going to be favored throughout. We're, I think, one-point favorite, uh, favorites right now, I believe. Uh, and we'll see how the, the week plays out. But if they're starting to get healthy, I still think our defense is so much better. Um, 
We just have to, from everything I've read about the way Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss offense goes, people talk about it as their aerial attack. But if you talk to insiders, it's really the run setting up their aerial attack. And I don't think you can run on this defense. Well, they have, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you, you can get a, you can't run consistently. There you go. You know, there, there's, or you have a few teams have been able to. Uh, Ole Miss has the guys that are the home run hitter type guys. Jerry Allen Ely had a 69 yard touchdown run against the Aggies. Uh, well, I guess that would have been two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, they've got the big play type running backs, but I don't think they're the type of running backs that, um, are going to take you on a 20-play drive, you know, that's just hitting you for four or five yards every time. They're looking for that big play, explosive, that big yeah. explosive burst. Uh, and so if you can, if you can, um, as a defense, take that away, uh, you'll take away the running game. Yeah. And I am Matt Corral, I believe before, I think after the Tennessee games where he slowed down, but he's been one of their best runners. This year, mm-hmm. I think he is their leading rusher, and he's averaging what fifty yards a game. I think of rushing, that to me opens up that offense so much more. That if he is still struggling with that ankle, which we didn't see much, he of was him, last week, right? Uh, then that is a huge advantage for the because in the beginning of the season, running quarterbacks uh, did give A and M offense a little problem. Uh, I think that's one of those things. Mike Elko starts to say, "Okay, look, we got to adjust this and just that," and that hasn't been an issue. It really, I mean, Bo Nix had a couple of runs, uh, but I think there were scrambles. Yeah. I, I think his uh, designed runs didn't work out very well. So, um, you know, those things are going to happen. You're going to give up plays, but you just can't give them up consistently. And I would say to you, since you're stressing, um, I would ask you this question, and I I would say, which defense do you think is more likely to stop the other team? Without a doubt. Our defense, I think, will neutralize what they do. I, I worry because it's on the road in the SEC, and I don't know if we've had a lot of challenges on the road. Yes, our loss uh, at Dallas to me wasn't a huge challenge, the, the game against Colorado, but this is going to be our first real SEC tough road match. Well, yeah, and, and every game uh, in Hawk, Oxford has been difficult, yeah. no matter what the team was, but... A lot of those games that have been difficult, uh, A&M, not all of them, but a lot of them have, have well, probably all of them have, uh, uh, have had damaged themselves with turnovers. Yeah. Even the Johnny Manziel at the first game, they turned the ball over so many times that game. That's the only reason it was it was uh, close. The last time with the Buddy Johnson picking up the fumble, well, Kellen threw a couple of bad interceptions. Well, one was really bad. Uh, but if you don't lose the interceptions, you're driving. Yep. So I think that uh, A&M, if they take care of the ball, it's the same thing as last week. If you don't give it away, you're going to win, I believe. Uh, and I agree with you. Uh, let's talk about Heritage Film for a moment. You guys have been listening. We're you know, celebrating Pass It Back Day. Uh, we're thinking about Aggie history. How about your history? How about your family's history? Let's talk about that and put it on film. Chance McLean does such an amazing job. Heritage Films, they, they are just going to do a documentary film about your family. And you got to get all over this, guys. This is such a cool thing. Like, if you watch, you can be like, really? Like, did Steven Spielberg make my family movie? Yeah, he basically did. His name is Chance, though. And he does amazing work out there. His daughter, Gun, goes to school here. She's awesome. She's obviously, uh, not obviously, she's involved with Aggie Athletics as well. I think she runs the uh, scoreboard during Kyle Field, during the games at Kyle Field. So they're 
all entrenched in what we do here, guys. Just a great, great group. And uh, they, they do top-notch documentary films. And they want to advertise with Texax because they know Aggies care about their history. Ain't that the truth? We really do. Check out YourHeritageFilm.com, YourHeritageFilm.com, 713-893-8341. Welcome back to Texas Radio, presented by David Carter's Jewelers, 911 University Drive East in College Station. They've got it all out there. Shop online at davidgardnersjewelers.com. You can get yourself a signature bracelet there, or maybe for your wife or your girlfriend, or how about a Rolex? Check it out at uh, davidgardnersjewelers.com. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. And uh, let's go to the BCSI hotline. Shereen Williams, Pro Football Talk Hall of Famer, our good friend joining the show. Good morning to you, Shereen. There we are. Are we there, Shereen? Ah, I can hear you now. Hey there. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We're we're good. We're celebrating Passive Back Day <laughs> and, and having stories about what the Aggie ring means and, and whatnot. So I thought I'd start off with that for you. What does your Aggie ring mean to you? Well, you know, the really cool thing was when I got a distinguished alum a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, whatever it's been, time flies, they gave me a crest that I also put on a necklace. So, like, today, if I'm walking or running or playing golf or doing something, that you know, I can have that and represent what it means to, to be an Aggie. And, you know, I hope it, to me at least, it, it reminds me to live up to our core values that are so important uh, in life. But it also helps us connect with other Aggies, which I think also is, is so important. It's, it's just so cool to be able to, a ring and know that that that's your your fellow Aggie and you feel like you have a kinship there immediately. You know, I think uh, every university they have. Hope I'm not hearing you. Really? There we are. And maybe you had press on. Ah, you're back. Yeah. You're back. Now I think. Hmm. I don't even have a button to push to turn me off. Turn turn my. But you're back. You're good. Okay. I think every university. Uh, people that if you run into somebody, you know, hey, they they have this. Hey, yeah, I went to this this school. You did too, but there just seems to be something. Uh, as an outsider, having watched this so many times, just a very different dynamic when someone sees that that ring. For instance, I I don't know how many times I've been traveling with Aggies, and somebody comes up, they say, see the ring, right? And I've been in Cancun where that's happened. I've been in Cozumel. Yeah. I've been all over, and San Diego, uh, New York, and it, it it's just it almost seems like it's a magnetic thing yeah, absolutely oh no question it, it's just pretty cool when that happens when you're in another city or another country even and, and you see that aggie ring and you know you're among aggies and, there, and there's somebody there that uh that you have a you don't have a relationship with but you feel like you have a relationship with right away just because of that that aggie ring that that you both share Shereen, let's talk some football. What a dominant dominant defensive <laughs> performance we saw this past week and how much fun was that to watch Oh, it was awesome. It brought back memories of those 1990s wrecking cruise teams, the 80s and 90s that I got to cover and, and got to watch. And just an incredible performance uh, by them, dominating, as you said. I don't know how else to put it. But, you know, I said before this thing was that, that I didn't have any respect for Bo Nix. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And I hope he stays there forever. I hope he gets a bunch of extra years and just keeps playing at Auburn because I just feel like we're going to dominate uh, Bo Nix for as long as he's there. Again, 
just like I said last week, you, you get in these ruts sometimes when, when you're getting, oh, we already have our quarterback, and I think Texas did it with Sam Ellinger. We have our quarterback. We don't, we don't need a quarterback for the next X number of years. Sam Ellinger wasn't going to win them a championship ever, ever. He could have stayed there 10 more years and he wasn't going to win them a championship. It's the same with Bo Nix. They're never going to, and I may come back and eat these words, but Bo Nix is never going to win a championship for Auburn. And if they don't change quarterbacks, they're not going to have a chance to compete for a championship. So uh, the defense was absolutely, you know, spectacular. What, uh, or in your opinion, how much should we uh, be concerned about the offense not scoring a touchdown in that game? Well, you look at all the chances they had. I mean, the, the first the goal from the four was just egregious to get two false starts, a holding penalty, and burn a timeout there was just, it, I, I don't know what was going on. And those are two pre-snap penalties, and you just can't do that. So that's one you look at. You look at the one with A-chain, if he had broken away, um, and I you know, you hope that they would have scored there. There were just chances, and they just couldn't take care of them because it couldn't convert them because of either turnovers or penalties. And so I think those are easily correctable things, and I do think they'll be able to run the ball this week on Ole Miss, which certainly will, will help. If you can run the ball, Aggies did that late in this game, second half of this game. If you can do that, you'll win a lot of football games. I was looking yesterday. Uh, or Sunday at, at the game, how it transpired. It was the teams that were able to run the ball and able to play defense that they won games. You look at what Denver did to Dallas. They had one runner over 100 yards, another at 80 yards. When you're able to run like that, you're able to play good defense, force some turnovers, you're going to win a whole lot of games. You're going to win most of the games. And I think that's what A&M will be able to do this week. It's obviously what they were able to do last week, just weren't able to convert those into touchdowns. I don't think it's a huge concern moving forward. I think it's easily correctable things that, that they can fix. My favorite moment of that entire Auburn game was when A-team fumbled and all the defensive players went over and picked them up and said, we got you. That, to me, was the coolest moment of that entire game, and they did. They, they came through and did it. Goes back to culture of the Jimbo's uh, building here at Texas A&M. Let's, let's talk about the legend of Zach Calzada because I feel like he's a, a guy that you'd read in, in, in fables and fantasy stories and whatnot because, uh, you know, kind of like Cinderella, nobody wanted him out there. He goes out there. He wins the big game yeah. against Bama after getting hurt. And then in the Auburn game, gets hurt. We see him fix his shoulder on the sidelines. I mean, goodness, this guy continues to show his toughness. And please start sliding. Please start sliding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he doesn't need to be taking some of those tips that, that he's taking. If he's going to run, he needs to get down. We have no other quarterbacks on scholarship on the roster, so you're it. So stay healthy. But yeah, he, you know, I just think he's getting better. And, and I know he didn't, he didn't score any touchdowns. He didn't throw any touchdown passes. Offense didn't score any touchdowns. The one to Chapman, if he, if it had been a perfect throw, it would have been a touchdown. Again, the small things we're talking about. Olin, if you, they're fixable, right? If that ball's a little less overthrown, which it was a little bit overthrown, he had to dive for it. A little less overthrown, that's a touchdown. So, you know, just small things. Are, they were so close to scoring several touchdowns in that game, and it would have been an even bigger blowout. But, you know, I just think he keeps getting better the more he plays, and it's like that with any quarterback. You have to play, you have to take snaps, you have to take practice reps. All those things he hadn't done up until the point where uh, Haynes King got hurt. Yeah, he's getting that now, and he's seeing things that he hasn't seen before. So 
I just expect him to keep getting better and better and better. And, and, and I think he has, and I think he will uh, continue to do that. And Hey, it's going to be exciting next year with this quarterback battle next year. is going to be really fun to watch. Well, it's exciting this year. Do you, uh, how confident are you that A&M uh, can finish out 10 and three? I mean, 10 and two. Well, I, you know, the two hard games remain. There's no question about that. And, you know, I said, told you guys last week, I thought the Ole Miss game was scarier to me than the Auburn game, something because it's on the road. And I think Ole Miss is a better team with a better quarterback. And they haven't played a defense like A&M. They haven't seen a running game like A&M. So I think we're going to win it. But I think it's going to be a nail-biter come down the end. You know, LSU scares you just in the standpoint. It's Orgeron's final game at LSU. And they're going to be jacked up and hyped up, and that place is going to be electric for his final game. Uh, And you look at what they almost did to Alabama, how close they came. Uh, to pulling off that upset, and, and that that's not going to be an easy game where you just walk out there and go beat LSU. You better be ready to play. So two big games remain, uh, regardless of what Alabama does against Auburn. Both of them are big, and you have to close out in the right way. And if you can do that, if you can win these final three games, regardless of what happens to the bowl game, regardless of what happens to Alabama against Auburn, it was a really good season, and, and you, I think you took another step. I'm going to throw something out there for you guys. Because I, I brought this up, and, and it started a debate. So I'll start a debate for you guys. The the two losses, you, you go back and you think, well, if A&M had just won one of them, not, just two, not both of them, but if A&M had just won one of those games. I make the case of if A&M had won both of those games or one of those games, we would not have beaten Alabama. I think it took those two losses to beat Alabama. Alabama looked past A&M Saban talked all about that last week. I think they took a and too lightly. We played great. We played loose. We had nothing to lose. We went out there and won that game. So I make the case if we hadn't lost those two games, we wouldn't have beat Alabama. So then the question becomes, if you believe that, would you trade those two losses for the Alabama win? I would not. So I think where we are right now is where we're supposed to be, and I love this team. So I'll, I'll let you guys debate that. I think we've kind of discussed it a little bit. I, and Obi and I might be on the on two different pages here, but I think you had absolutely had to go through those losses to beat Alabama, yeah. not necessarily for the way Alabama came to Kyle Field, but more because I think you had to hit rock bottom to really find yourself. Uh, Obi, where, where do you stand on this? I don't agree with that. I think that uh, uh, losing to Mississippi State didn't didn't make you better. Uh, I think that you should have won that game. And uh, you, you, you let it get away from you, and that you were playing better uh, against Mississippi State. You ran for 166 yards or something like that. Yeah. You were showing yeah. that you could play better uh, already. They just let it get away from them. Um, but does I, I don't Alabama? Think, I don't think Alabama. Alabama I do not game. think Alabama took A and M lightly because they had two losses. I think uh, Nick Saban teams understand what they have to do, and even if that was the case. They had the lead in the with five minutes to go in the yeah, game they did. and couldn't hold it. Yeah, great point. Hey, uh, Sharia, let's still get into. <clears throat> I still continue Sh- to the losses for the win, but we are where we are. I mean, you can't change it. It, it is what it is, and, and you can't go back. What if? What if? What if? They did not beat Alabama because Alabama uh, wasn't 
focus. They beat Alabama because they went out there and kicked their ass. They did. Look at that. Can that be a new hotkey? Hey, Sharon. Wow, I, like so let's, I liked it too. Let, let's get into the Aggies in the NFL. Who are your uh, your top ones out there? <clears throat> well, we're gonna go third. We're gonna go Miles. Uh, the Browns had the big victory over the Bengals. He had two tackles, a sack and a half, three quarterback hits, and he leads the NFL. Guess what? With 12 sacks, T.J. Watt made up some ground with three sacks last night. But, but Miles right now leads the NFL with 12 sacks. I just voted on my midseason AP uh, uh, team, and I put Miles as defensive player of the year. So he's probably in the lead for that right now. So he's the Needs to hold on and keep sacking the quarterback uh, to get that. Number two, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Didn't play great, but 19 to 27, 143 yards, touchdown interception. He ran for a touchdown. It was enough for the Titans, again, with the way they played defense. Had a pick six and almost another pick six, but that was a huge victory for them to beat the Rams. And number one, Christian Kirk. I mean, how about the Cardinals' victory over the 49ers? They didn't have Kyler Murray. Uh, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk was it. He threw one for one for 33 yards down to the one-yard line. Too bad that wasn't a touchdown. Caught six passes for 91 yards. Their leading receiver really led the way for that Cardinals offense, missing all their big stars. So those are the three this week for the end. Great stuff, Shereen. Thank you so much. We'll catch up with you uh, next week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Shereen Williams here on the BCSI Hotline on Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. You're going to like this one. It'll be uh, Aggieland Express time, Veterans Day, Thursday, November 11th. All day on Thursday, Aggieland Express Car Wash is given a free car wash to veterans and active duty military. Aggieland Express Car Wash wants to thank you for your service, so uh, thank you so, so much. And beyond that, right now, caller number one, they're going to give you a free car wash from Aggieland Express Car Wash in South College Station off of William D. Fitch and Greens Prairie. They're Aggie-owned and operated with a friendly staff and personal touch. They offer monthly memberships, but they're going to give the first caller a free car wash right now from Aggieland Express in South College Station, 979-693-1115. Don't forget, Veterans Day, they're going to take care of you uh, for all those veterans and active military, uh, active duty military. It is Aggieland Express. <laughs> by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. I want to remind everybody that uh, all guests and callers that uh, join the show, join us on the BCSI hotline, that being the video hotline or the phone hotline. And uh, BCSI is proud to announce that fall LASIK special. Dr. K, taking care of our listeners out there, call 979-701-2020. If you mention TechSags, you're going to get hooked up, guys, a free LASIK consult and $400 off of your custom LASIK surgery you don't have to drive to Austin or Dallas or wherever else you think you may have to drive to because Dr. K has got a great team right here in the BCS. They're going to give you a world-class LASIK eye surgery experience. You definitely want to go call him up and uh, check it out, 979-701-2020. He prides himself on obtaining the best visual outcomes for all of his patients, so check it all out. Let's uh, OB, let's go to the News and Social Center. People are want to comment on the Aggie ring and also some Aggie football. Tori Esprevoa. Yes. Yeah, I have Michaela, which is the producer at The Zone. Uh, she, she said, uh, I met this woman who was an Aggie. She, when she saw my ring, she was excited and congratulated me. She told me that one time she had a flat tire on the highway and someone saw her trying to change her tire on the shoulder. They saw she was an Aggie when they stopped to help because she was wearing her Aggie ring. The Aggie, they were Aggies, too. They changed her tire for her and hooked her up with her, their friend who worked at an auto shop to get her a new tire. Having an Aggie ring is like having a secret family. 
I agree with that. I, uh, I'll tell some stories later, but uh, when I moved to San Diego back in 2001, I did not expect, and you mentioned San Diego earlier mm-hmm. as well, for like Aggies to stop me. But they did, you know, yeah. especially when you're outside of the Texas bubble. I think it means so much more when somebody, hey, gig them. Whoa, hey, gig them back right back at you. Yeah. I had a girlfriend who was an Aggie. We were in San Diego once, La Jolla. Yeah. And, uh, you know, more than a couple came by. You know, there must have been a lot of Aggies here that day. Yeah, no. It, 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 I, I was. That was the first time I experienced that. I said, this is kind of bizarre. So we went to the... Uh, what do they call it? The um, Aggie, Associ- uh, the Aggie former students group of each city. I forget okay. the name of it. Right, the Houston Club. Right, San Diego. Right. Went to the San Diego Club. It was packed. There was a lot of like from in San Diego living for that. It was it was cool. It was cool to see. What else you got for us, Tori? Yeah, I have John- Johnny in Dallas. Want to put some input in on some football? He said, outside of Bryce Young, Matt Corral is the best quarterback that our defense will face. Our defense is stout against the run, but vulnerable against the pass. We won't be able to shut them down. We're going to have to be in sync, and we'll likely need 30 points scored to win. What do you think about that? I do think that uh, Ole Miss throws the ball well, yeah. and A&M sometimes have had trouble with the pass. But when you're playing you know, at this level, uh, teams are typically going to they're, they're gonna make plays yeah. you know, at this level. Uh, and Ole Miss is going to make plays. I just kind of feel like that uh, if Liberty can run for 287 yards or whatever it was against Ole Miss, that A&M should be uh, running for that. And I still think that A&M is the team that's more likely to is the defense that's more likely to stop the other opponents off. The opponents off. So you think 250 yards rushing is pretty feasible? Uh, I think it might be conservative. Really. So are we going to get a 300-yard rushing attempt a game? I, it could happen. I would. And and if you do that, you're going to limit that, that offense to touching the field very much. Well, unless you've got 75-yard runs. Well, this is true. But if you got 75-yard runs, I'll take the points and take my chances on defense. Yeah, man. It's uh, look, I am concerned, but the way we're playing, not concerned like I was pl- concerned, you know, obviously a month ago. The concern now is just because it is the SEC. And all the, the LSU oh, We respect games. every opponent. Absolutely. Especially on the road. It's going to be a tough one, and those games are always tough. Obia, we appreciate you. Bet. All right, in the 9 o'clock hour, we've got uh, Chris Gordy joining the show from Locked On SEC. Looking forward to chatting with him. We're going to talk to uh, somebody from the Student Muster Committee. It'll be a fun chat. Andrew Monaco. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.